Are you looking to expand your mind? Do you like to challenge and be challenged? Looking to improve yourself and share your experiences professionally and personally? You're in the right place. Welcome to ScoutCast, Roasting Marshmallows, with your host, Rolf Surd. And we are live. Welcome to another episode of ScoutCast. My name is Rolf Surd and I'll be your host. So today we're talking about unicorns. A unicorn is a term in the business world to indicate a privately held startup is valued over $1 billion. So we're talking about startups. I got three guests here with me today that uh, actually have some experience in starting up startups. Uh, some of these startups has failed. Some of them has succeeded, um, you know, and we're going to be talking about that. See why have they failed and why did they succeed? Uh, so these guests are Enrique Santana de Miranda, Panche Gastiovsky. I hope I pronounced your name right, guys. And Manuel Kairi. Uh, so let me uh, just give a little introduction of Manuel, since uh, and he can punch are some regular guests here on the show, and Manuel is uh, yeah for the first time here. So uh, yeah, today we have Manuel Kyrie on the show. Currently, Manuel is working at ParkNow, better known here in the Netherlands as Park Mobile, an app that helps people pay for parking. And so Manuel is the head of Off Street for the group in Europe, and it is his mission to bring also garage parking to the user. So that users will be able to not only pay for their on-street parking, but also pay for parking by simply just entering and exiting a garage in a seamless way, uh, which uh, to me sounds uh, like a nice adventure ahead. Uh, so in the past, Manuel co-founded MobiPark, a peer-to-peer -peer parking platform. That's a lot of P's right there. But he also initiated 2Rodeo, an app to help keep a better information system for herds in South America. Uh, he went through different stages on finding user needs, building products, building teams, and, and he failed. But he also succeeded in creating new solutions. Welcome, Manuel. Hi. So, hi, yeah. Hi, Manuel. Uh, so, I guess, and he, could you maybe first uh, explain a bit about your startup and uh, mm -hmm. why it didn't work out the way you wanted it to? Yeah. So, well, as you guys, if you listen to the previous podcast, you heard about me. So, my name is Enrique. I'm actually from Brazil, living in Holland for the past 10 years. Uh, well, my original startup started when uh, in my first year in Holland. My co-founder was actually living in Malaysia, and we are both planning a backpack trip around the uh, Southeast Asia for six months. And we had this very uh, annoying planning on the distance, like uh, using Excel, Google Maps, booking. It was really like just very hard to uh, come up with something. And then we both being developers, we decided, okay, I think we should build this product and make it a startup. But of course, we didn't do it. We traveled. And then a few years back, we noticed that, wow, there is not really any app. And uh, and then that's how we decided to create Gusset. That was a backpacker planning app. So did the name mean anything, Gusset? Because it yeah. kind of sounds so weird to me. But the, the name came from Goose, because a goose is like a basically a bird that travels, fly quite long mm -hmm. distances and uh, cross countries and everything. Yeah, for the for the winter, right? Yeah. To get to the, yeah. And then we decided to make it like a Google it, like goose it. So it's a combination of uh, ah. goose with it in IT. Some people would call goose IT, but that, that was the idea. So it's a backpacker trip planning app. That's how goose it got uh, created. Cool. All right. Thanks. Well, I guess we can get into some more details yeah. later on. Uh, so, Manuel, hi, welcome. Could you uh, maybe explain a bit about uh, Moby Park? Yeah, right? just I was a, a company uh, I co-founded. Okay. With my uh, one of uh, a good a good partner actually, and he started because uh, every day going to work, uh, we're going to the co-working space. No, no, there was no no place to park on the streets. Suddenly, one of one of uh, the colleagues said, "Why don't you?" Uh, in the co-working space, why don't you actually uh, use my parking space? Because I go every day out of this area, mm -hmm. you know. So I take my car in the morning. I come at six, seven in the in the afternoon, and you are actually in this area for that amount of time. So when we get we, we when we go into this garage, it's downstairs. Uh, the car park was empty. It was a res residential building. Mm -hmm. Everyone actually left the city to work somewhere else, uh, and so while on the streets, it was full of uh traffic and very busy difficult to park mm -hmm. downstairs it was an empty garage yeah uh so this is how the idea started you know t taking shape um we started as a peer-to-peer -peer platform for you know reserving your so when you're out but then it didn't really work because the problem was that uh you know maybe you that day you didn't go to work 
and your car, you know, stay there. And the guy yeah. who actually rented it, you couldn't get in. So it, it, the match was not really there. So what we did, we quickly iterated and we went looking for, um, you know, real estate or hotels to mm -hmm. really find extra capacity within the city that are actually private, private garages. And then basically what we did, we opened them up. So we actually find these garages that were close to the public yeah. in hot areas in the city. And then we make sure we could open them up uh, and share it with, with, uh, with, I mean, with Mobile Park. Uh, Mobile Park was actually a website where okay. you could rent out these kind of parking spaces. So you would kind rent of similar them... to the Airbnb for parking. So you would rent them by the hour or would you rent them like on, on a weekly basis could... or how did it work? Yeah, you... Yeah, you you could rent it from. Uh, it depends on the owner. So some owners wanted you could rent from one hour to mm -hmm. x amount of time, and some of the owners only by month. So it depends on. It's, it was kind of open in that way. Um, and our focus was on tourism basically because we were in in, in big cities in in Europe such as Paris, Amsterdam, uh, even London. So yeah. a lot of tourists, and then you could private parking spaces at a at a nice discount normally 50 percent off of what you could also do uh, in the area mm -hmm. um and that was what we did basically okay for quite a long time and then after that uh, another team took over the the work we've done and you know took it to the next level and and mobile park today is it's actually uh in the market they're doing well uh and they are really you know exploding this niche which is uh traveling i mean unfortunately 2020 with the COVID. Yeah. I can imagine it's, it's hard for any any company yeah, for sure. which actually is in the mobility space, you know. Um, but um, but yeah, they're hanging hanging there, hanging. Cool. There. And 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 how did you uh, right? Because starting a, an an application like that is, is is hard work. How did you define? Oh wait, we're losing some connection here. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So how, how did you decide, like, a, because most startups, they define an MVP and bring that to market and then validate, validate the model that, they, that they're having, right? Uh, did you also take that kind of approach? Yeah, definitely. We, I think we built the platform five times. <laughs> really? Uh, do, do, do it so. <laughs> and what... uh, the first one was, as I said before, you know, we tried peer-to-peer -peer quickly <laughs> with, a, with a website like a Craigslist. It was, it was kind of these kind of websites where you know you could just actually connect to the owner of the garage offline. Yeah. And then we saw a lot of a lot of traffic and a lot of contacts being made. And then we tried to we tried to iterate from there going into a more like a booking booking site. Uh, so that's that's where we we actually did it in the beginning. Okay. Um, yeah. So in, in the first yeah. few iterations, they were good enough to continue or did you at one point say like man you know just just never mind I, I i cannot be bothered with this anymore it's not working or did you never really had that uh that point no i mean we saw we saw traction uh beautifully enough with with, with the first uh website we had traction of course the traction uh, at some point it was it was organic organic at some point we also started spending some money on, on uh, google mm -hmm. you know to bring some some ads um and then the traction, you know, you have traction when you when you spend money. <laughs> that's a good thing, uh, I guess. That's for sure. That that is that is good. Yeah, you have to be very careful of, of you know cost of acquisitions and all all these all these parametrics. But but um, we had, we never had that. I mean, we what we needed to build the platform. Of, you know, when you start it up, we are looking also for for good teams to to develop the platform, mm -hmm. and you don't have you know enough uh, funds. So in this quest of trying to build something nice and at the same time trying to make it work, uh, we failed a few times. And then we had to rebuild it because we built something maybe not robust enough with not the right, the right people. Okay. Uh, we, were, we were both business guys. This is important to mention, right? So so none of us were actually a CTO or a developer. So let's say that the, the startup and your idea, you and at some point you guys um, realized, oh, we're making this. How did you know that you actually, or when did you know that you actually made it? What was that turning point? Was there a yeah, turning what point? Is, what is made it? What, is, what is made it? I think it was made, yeah, I think the fact that the platform um, uh, with, with, a, with, a, with a team that make it function and it, it could sustain itself, I think that that's, that's nice. Um, for me, that's really a success in this very tough online environment. Um, but um, definitely, the fact that we could we could find funding 
uh, funds actually in, in the market that helps that helped that out a lot uh, because in the beginning it's, it's very tough and if you don't have the passion and, and you know are willing to you know take some sacrifices um it's very difficult to do it yeah what was you have to you have to really knock a lot of doors uh, and if you're not willing to do the hard mm -hmm. job uh, you know especially early in the beginning it's very hard it was one of the sacrifices that you had to make is it like personal life or some other other thing well in the beginning i mean there's no salary there's there's long hours you know uh mm. you need to you need to really go on the streets and 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 you know knock doors uh, you know try to talk to the partners yourself yeah um you have to do this this job you know you have many caps in your head uh, you, you need to do the accounting yourself mm. you have to you know discuss with, with the developers you have to discuss call the call the users to really understand you know are you happy with my service uh, how can i improve it what was your experience um, as I said before, go talk to the owners of the garages yourself to to convince them to give you to give the key of yeah. your garage. You know, um, this is this is hard work, and and sometimes it's just two people. And I doing think it. that's the part that a lot of people yeah. don't see it, right? Like everybody think, oh, startup is sexy, and I want to build my own business, and I'm gonna be my own boss, and uh, I'm gonna create this app, and it's gonna be super awesome. And I guess that was the mindset, at least I came from. And uh, and then you realize that, whoa, there is way more hard work than I actually expected. And I think once you build a startup, at least for me, it was, uh, well, I, my background is definitely different from the manual, right? I'm a developer. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it came, I had to become quite humble that actually marketing is a thing, community management is a thing, design is a thing, <laughs> business. Apparently, you need to sell it. You need to talk to people. And uh, yeah, it was quite an eye open that... Uh, it doesn't come as easy as I thought it would. And what what would you th think it was your biggest pitfall then? Like where did it where did it go wrong for you? Was it the marketing thing or was it a totally different? Uh, I think it was all of them together, right? Uh, I think it started by that uh, we are basically two IT co-founders, and then later on we had the UX guy who actually joined, but we never had. Uh, the business side, like really trying to sell, like knocking on doors. Of course, mm -hmm. we did had the side of product development of uh, talking to our users and understand what they need. But let's yeah. say the business side, it it that was our biggest pitfall. I I wouldn't start a new startup without having a business co-founder. Right, and and but did you have a business model to begin with? We had what we thought was a business model, but not a sustainable business model. Right. <laughs> So <laughs> which I, what was that then? Like uh, kickback fees or something? Of or, or yeah. So we had what we call, uh, for example, like affiliation programs, right? Let's say you are a mm -hmm. backpacker and then you want to travel, you're going to book a hotel. So we like uh, join like Booking.com affiliation program or Host Awards affiliation program. The problem with this kind of business model, it's kind of very broken for us in the sense of I'm competing with the same keywords. For example, Manuel said like, yeah, we got some money, we put advertisement on Google. If I want to mm -hmm. do that, when we did that with Gusset, I'm basically fighting the same keywords as Booking.com is fighting, right? So, and yeah. in the end, if somebody does a booking on my platform, they are basically paying Booking, and Booking is paying me. So basically, I'm sharing this uh, this money with them. So they are always going to win in the point of the marketing point of view on the keywords, yeah. right? So let's say the keywords is not unique. So if they buy a flight ticket for my platform, in the end, I'm paying. Uh, Skyscanner because it's an affiliation program and uh, actually Skyscanner is paying me and they still we are sharing the, the the pie but they are much bigger than us so it's, it's a very complicated so we decided to but go these affiliation programs that they do the advertising for you no it's more that you can they you they can search for flights and uh, hotels inside of your own uh, website Okay. So if you basically forward them, then it's an affiliation, so you get like some some percentage commission. Okay. And then yeah. we had other ideas, right? Like, okay, we can sell the plans offline. On the time, the internet was not everywhere, so you could download mm -hmm. it offline. But in the end, yeah, you can still find Wi-Fi everywhere, and maybe printing your ebook. So like we had several ideas that in the end it never really became because also the market we had it was a backpacker. It's uh, yeah cheap low budget low budget yeah. right so people don't really want to spend money so it became yeah. really hard to make the thing sustainable and uh yeah and that was i think the main problem i think a business person would have helped us tremendously to figure out those issues much earlier yeah 
And Manuel, what was your business model at the start? Was it also some sort of fee that you would get from parking fees or how did that work? Yeah, so I mean, once once the website was up and running and you could pay through the website, mm -hmm. um, we get a share of the ticket. Okay. And that it was, it was quite simple. It's, it's very similar to the Airbnb model. Yeah. And that is still how yeah. it works the today, I guess. Um, uh, I think so. I haven't, I haven't, uh, I'm not there since, since two years, okay. actually two years ago, but uh, I guess it has the same model. Uh, there are also other ways to, to, to make money. I mean, we, we always try to maybe upsell bikes, mm -hmm. maybe have a transaction fee to pay for the costs. So this is the kind of things so you have to think for the user perspective when you go to a city, uh, imagine you, I don't know, you, you come from Germany, from Berlin, and you want to spend two days in Amsterdam, yeah. you park your car. And then maybe you want to have a bike. So maybe the, the right moment is to upsell a bike from the hotel itself where actually you park your car. Mm -hmm. So you make extra deals to the hotel. So you keep on upselling stuff. Um, so I think that, the, 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 that model is actually nice. But I'm totally with, with Enrique. You need to find the right business model. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, for, for our case, it was much easier because it was a known model from, from a booking from Airbnb. Yeah. Uh, however, however, I think having the strategy is, is also a key point early on, right? If you don't have a good next five years with, the, with this, maybe you will iterate in the middle, and then maybe, mm -hmm. maybe the, the business model that Enrique was mentioning was not the right one. Maybe he maybe he could have waited until he has more data, make it for free in the beginning. I mean, this is this is very key, yeah. especially in this online. And uh, I guess people are also used to system. actually paying for the parking, right? I mean, yeah, if you go somewhere in the city into a parking garage, yeah, you're going to have to be paying. So it's it's only natural that, uh, yeah, if you're going to park your car for your vacation somewhere, then, yeah, it's probably going to cost money. So I guess the acceptance rate of that is also a bit higher than what any startup was all about. I hmm. Although organically, early on, what we did was to, mm -hmm. to create a lot of content. So we could rank, we could rank a bit better in, in Google by itself, you know, with the right keywords, creating seriously amount of lot of content on blogs and you know being on on uh, on, on, on the Trivago sites. Uh, I mean, in, in all these kind of content traveling pages, and uh, this kind of grow hacking help us to 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 kick it off from the beginning, right? Without any money. Yeah. And then yes, we start paying. I have a I have another question. I mean, like you dove into the business side of things. I'm curious a bit more about the, the the drive and the passion and the motivation behind it. I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a cliche, uh, the saying that a, a person that has a why can withstand almost anyhow. And you, we talk both talked about like all this being very difficult, like doing a lot of sacrifices. Um, and I know both of you have done it at least once. Uh, you also worked uh, together on a startup, um, right? So what were your whys at the times? What was the thing that kept you pushing, um, even when all the the odds were being stacked against you? Uh, I think for me, my why, it's like, I think I my parents they were entrepreneurs themselves. They had their own companies and everything. So I kind of got raised on that environment. I think uh, I had a business with my father uh, before uh, Gusset, but I never look at it from. Uh, startup point of view i was too young i started doing that i was like uh, 16 17 and uh, but i was also developing software on that thing and uh, i always have the feeling that i want to have this product that is bigger than me right that is like people love it and that has a uh, solving a real need and that is like uh, it's sexy it's just like but i think in the end it's just it's bigger than me like if i die it would continue you know mm -hmm. it's just like serving a purpose to someone and uh, I never really started with the why, like I hear sometimes people want to be their own bosses or having their own company. I think it's more like I, I wouldn't even mind if, let's say, it would just be me. But as long as it's helping a lot of people and it is impacting a lot of uh, yeah, lives for the better, I think that's my why. And uh, But in the end, I would definitely have love to have a team with me that actually can tackle these problems. So I think in the end, I'm lying if I would, when I said like, yeah, just me, but no, I would like to have a team around that can tackle this. That's my, my wise, because when the shit hits the fan, if your partner is not there, yeah, it's very easy to quit. Yeah. So, but then for you it was not really the idea that you want to revolutionize or make backpacking 
easier that was just the domain that you found in which you wanted to fulfill your um, intrinsic motivation of making exactly. something bigger than you yeah it was not really right. the passion of backpacking it was my first backpack trip right so that was yeah. definitely the case yeah and for you Manuel? this is a very hard question <laughs> um to be honest i think I, I like to create things you know it could be to uh, do things with my hands um in this case a you know put a team together to try to to solve a problem in the market um i mean to be honest for me it was a lot of fun and i need to have a lot of fun but it could be anything else to be honest um and by having fun and being you know creative and trying to do something that maybe helps someone maybe not because i also uh once i tried to make a solar bag you know uh, 10 years ago so i put a uh, flexible solar panel in a, in a backpack and i didn't solve any issue because i couldn't solve uh, any but it was also creating right um um so yeah I, I i don't know i don't have a clear answer to that to be honest i think it's within you uh why you keep on pushing okay. and i think it has to be a lot of it how resilient you are mm -hmm. in the hard moments you know and maybe uh maybe you need to be the kind of person that you know you want to hit yourself with the wall and it's more or less okay i don't know man i don't know if i would like to hit uh, myself on the wall yeah <laughs> Well, eventually, if you break the wall you know I mean, after right? like, enough hits, then maybe it's all worthwhile. But if you don't manage to break it, then it's like, okay, why did it do that? And it depends on the brain damage that exactly. you uh, get yeah. from it as well. It's always difficult to measure after that, you know. And then, with, uh... then for Enrique, I know this was the only project at the time that you were doing, right? Yeah. With, uh, with Gusit in the beginning. Was it also the same for you, Manuel? If it was my no, first project, like the mean, only... or... see the question I want to I want to I want to uh, raise here is, um, do you need to go all in uh, to be able to make something like this succeed? So, like to use the the, the analogy of the Mars when they hit Spain, like they burned out their ships, they didn't have any other option but to but to to conquer Spain. Um, yeah. Is this the same mentality that you need to do this, or do you think oh maybe I can I'm having a full time job? And then, okay, I'll invest part of that into something no. else in parallel that I can no. kind of shift. If I, I think in the beginning you could try, you know, you could try uh, and maybe have some, maybe early sex, but at some point you need to make you mm -hmm. need to make the decision. You need you need to give you need to give yourself to it yeah. completely. Early on, yeah. I don't believe it's other way unless unless you are only an investor or only just you know yeah. helping a team. But if you are the one creating it and executing on it, then I believe there's yeah. no other way. Go hard to or go yourself. home. Huh? Yeah, 100%. I think it's two-sided. I think it's also yeah. start. I think, for example, if I did good, I started Gusset by having a, like I say, a job, full-time job, and then I reduced my working hours. So instead of working five days a week, I started working four days a week, and then uh, then it gave a big uh, acceleration to what we're doing. And I think to basically validate some ideas and get something out of the box, I think you should just do that when you have work, right? Unless you have family choose keep you up and you have a lot mm -hmm. of money, then I would say you sh definitely should do that when you have work. Because if you don't have money to pay things, you cannot do anything. Uh, but at some point, I agree, you need to go all in. And otherwise, it's it, it, it never going to give enough love to grow. And yeah. uh, and I think you definitely need to do that. And I think that was for us, the breaking point was we applied for an acceleration program, we got selected, and then we said, wow, now is the time, you know, time to put it all in. And me and my co-founder did. And it, uh, wow, the next three years, we worked quite a lot on it. And it was uh, the sign we needed. Sometimes we need a sign, right? Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. or enough support, like, to that somebody else believes in the idea that you are, and you're like, okay, I'm not completely alone in this. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And uh, so what yeah. made you decide in the end to, to sell Moby Park? Why did you, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was more like, it was more like a natural movement for us, for the founding team to, to, you know, at some point within the company, we were, we were many, there was a, there was a board, you know, there were many okay. people, right. Uh, you have investors and so forth. So it was a natural movement for, 
for the next team to continue and and to push, and keep you, on pushing more than did you actually uh, look for uh, did you actually look for buyers or did you get contacted by one that knew that you guys were maybe open for a suggestion no so basically, basically no basically the process was throughout the investors that we had throughout the the, 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 the whole period one of them actually took a, ma- a majority okay position so it was uh, an okay. step that's why yeah, yeah. Was an yeah. Uh, so let's see uh well, I mean, maybe Back to the previous yep. point from from Enrique. At some point, he said, uh, "Yeah, when do you want to go back to to actually work on this full percent uh, because mm-hmm. you validate some stuff?" But what if you don't validate anything? Maybe you need to keep on pushing. You need to keep on pivoting. And I think in this in this try and error is at some point if you are more or less in in the right trend, I think, and you are willing to keep on pushing, maybe you will find a model that will work. Yep. You know. Uh, but for sure is the fact that you will never know. Mm. And that is, that is the complexity with, with this uncertainty. Um, and today's pressure to, uh, between mm. brackets being successful is very hard yeah, to, I mean, we have an know? example, right? Because Manuel and I, we try together to build a new startup. As I said, I would never start something without, uh, having a business partner. <laughs> yeah. So he came from the business side and I think we tried, I don't you know, two years now. Are you still still trying? Yes, two years already. Are well, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are, we are. To be honest, this is where we didn't yeah. make the leap of faith. For example, where, and also I think we make some strategically wrong decisions where uh, the, our market market focus is not where we actually mm-hmm. spend our kind of basic, but uh, you know, we were maybe optimistic in that regards. Uh, but basically, to Rodeo is what yeah. we try to do is is uh, help the, the you know the the farmers who have herds yeah. who have cows to manage the cow in a better in a better way throughout some sensors. Okay. And uh, and uh, and we went through so actually we built a sex app which works right uh, it's nice I like it uh, now Enrique yeah, he built it so I have yeah to of course <laughs> I really like but it. you're missing some features I bet <laughs> of course. <laughs> But, and then we have actually some users, you know, we have actually a lot of, uh, I would say, uh, a nice amount of, of, of data within, within the, the, yeah, the database, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but the thing is now also we are, as I said before, in a, in a market where we are not present, um, we have someone locally mm-hmm. also, but I think we needed more, we needed more muscle to, to the project at some point. And also now, you know, we, we try to do it in Argentina, which today is a very heavy crisis. Yeah. Uh, uh, so no one, no one is really investing in this kind of technology at this stage. So also we were a bit lucky in that regard. What are you measuring for these cows? Is it like their, their state of health, like temperature and all that kind of stuff, or more like location and how much milk they're giving or how, how should I see this? I give it to you. Okay. Enlighten me. Well, so that's fun, right? Because it started by, uh, I guess like Manuel father has a farm. So with Mm -hmm. 200 cows, I don't know if you guys know anybody that has like 200 cows. But uh, I know a few. I, hey, man, I'm from the north, huh? Oh yeah, that's true. You're from the like. There's more cows than people right there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I think like through this investigation was just like okay, they measure like the teeth of the cow, they measure the weight, and they measure like mm-hmm. a bunch of things. Uh, and at some point in the platform, we're like, wow, apparently pregnancy pregnancy is something that is really important because if a cow is no longer, uh, well, producing uh, babies, then mm-hmm. there are no use for them. Yep. And then also we realized that there is another totally different market about getting the pedigree of the cow, you know, like checking the the mother, the grandmother, where the yep. cow came from. So basically those are like the measurements we are getting. But of course, the challenge technically is like, you know, these people are not IT savvy. They are, they are not per se, they have like huge hectares of land. So these cows are spread all over. And then yep. sometimes it's hard to know who the baby is, which mother is, which the father is. And uh, yeah, measuring the weight of a cow is not just like uh, you go to your bathroom when you go on top, right? And then you get a measure. There is different companies working on it, different type of scales. And it's a thing, those are the type of measurements we are trying to get and trying to yeah. make it simpler to eventually be able to get uh, more insightful data about how and what they should do with their their, their cattle. Okay, well, interesting. And, and, and that is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they actually what they do, they have a paper and a pen, 
and they measure everything by paper okay. pen. So what we would try to do is to replace to replace this format into an app through a few also a few sensors in the yeah. car. Uh, but um, sometimes paper and a pen are actually quite useful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Sure. Especially in the field, right? So it yes. could be easier to write something on a paper with a pen than on a fiddle with your uh, yeah. touch screen. You make a lot of mistakes the weather you know when you have uh, actually rain and wind and, and you make mistakes by counting numbers etc and, and that's also what we try to fix uh, within and then system. why are you focusing on argentina because i'm sure here in the netherlands we have plenty of cows as well is there no markets uh, here for this type of thing the thing is um in holland you have a so you have to look at argentina as like a huge you know amount of mm -hmm. land and you're in the middle of power you know and then you're talking about maybe hundreds of hectares uh, with thousands of cows and, and in Holland you have maybe farms with five, 10 hectares and maybe hundred cows and they are all, you know, sleeping under a roof and they have Wi-Fi in the farm. So then there's actually more technology here. Okay. You can put a sensor and then actually with GPS and then you actually, the, the systems you have here, they're way more advanced than we try to do there, but this is not something you could scale up to those massive uh, farms because it's very expensive because yeah. you have no connectivity. So we tried to do something in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, to sell those guys there under the conditions of that market. Yeah. Uh, that is why here, you know, you have actually nice products. And also, so we and also the market was different, right? Here they are, the cows are very much focused on milk, uh, mm -hmm. where for the ones in Argentina yeah. and uh, well, also Brazil, they are very much focused on uh, meat. So it was more like yeah. the industry was definitely a bit different than uh, the focus. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so basically, they didn't have a problem here to solve. We have, we had the problem in, in there. That's why yeah. we started there. Well, there's also a mistake because, as Manuel said, we are not there, right? And then also this feedback loop of learning with the customer. Yeah, exactly. Right. The it's uh, on the side of the world. Yeah. So. Mm. And they speak Spanish, so that's also very weird. <laughs> So you guys, so I already asked uh, your reasons for starting your uh, original st uh, startups, right? Um, and then what about uh, Tudor Dale for, I guess, for Manuel, I'm assuming, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it was uh, kind of uh, maybe simplifying the life of your father. Maybe you saw like opportunity there. And for Enrique, you mentioned that your original motivation was to make something bigger than you. Was this the same thing applicable uh, with this uh, startup? Uh, I think for me, it started in a way because uh, I, I went to Manuel's wedding in Argentina a long time ago. Uh, and we had an interesting case. I still remember this story. Like, I don't know if he remembers, but like we are doing this, uh, like a nice road trip, you know, going to the to Bariloche, like two cars. And eventually one of the cars ran out of uh, battery, like for, the driver forgot the lights on. So the battery of the car died. Mm. So we are in this gas station. And then Manuel was searching for these two cables to connect two cars in a battery, you know, like to do this, uh, I don't yeah, know how jumper you call cables. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then he's just like asking everyone, like uh, the fancy cars, like, uh, oh yeah, do you have these jumping cables, you know? And all of them saying no. And I remember seeing this very crap car, like totally packed, full of things, like the car was falling apart. And then I look at Manuel and I said, man, you should ask that guy, because if there is somebody who knows about something that is broken, he must have it. <laughs> and then he goes there and asks, and the guy like, oh, yeah, I do it. And he actually gave it to us and uh, we could get out. And he was like, oh my goodness, I want to work with you, man. Yes, I like your mind. I don't know, it got stuck into me, right? So, and of course, a bit of background, like we are friends. And uh, I also like the way how he thinks about business. And I think it was just a match. So I was like, yeah, it's definitely going to be cool. So I think this one, the idea, it didn't per se attract me, but I think the team was the thing that attracted me. And the combination from the mistakes I did, and it definitely could complement my uh, my set of skills. So that was my motivation on this. All right. And you mentioned the team. Is that uh, is that the most important thing you think, or is it more like the, the the idea of the startup, like the problem that you're trying to solve? Or I think the team is the most important. Yeah, by a long shot. By far. By far. Yeah. yeah. Because the idea can change. Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, you could start selling cookies and then you actually sell the, I don't know, you know, sand. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, you could make it happen with a good team. And how would you cultivate like a good team then? Is it like just attract the right people or is it create the correct culture or how do you go about doing that? Because that's obviously the hardest part then, I would say. 
What question? <laughs> <laughs> I guess if we can answer that, then we would be rich, I suppose. Well, we are rich, and uh, that's what we do, right? For daily. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, maybe Pancha has their ideas about how to fix that. <laughs> well, fix. I don't know. Is, I mean, is it broken? For me, for me personally, for me personally, it has mm -hmm. to be a click uh, in the beginning. You know, uh, I'm not like this kind of HR, you know, feeling the skill. Uh, it, it has to be a click. It has to be a match where you could challenge yourself, you know, with respect and be able to handle that uh, tough discussions, yeah. you know. And um, mindset-wise, of course, you know, you have to have a mindset of pushing, you have to have a mindset of resilience, as I said before. But if there is no click, at least for me, it right. doesn't work. Yeah. So I haven't been part of a startup that's seen some light of day in one form or another. I mean, I worked a few years ago with a couple of guys here in the Netherlands on an idea to make um, more accessible uh, personalizing, selling per, selling of personalized spirit bottles. So you would uh, get like a laser engravement on the bottles and uh, the market at the time, there were machines who were costing hundreds of thousands of euros. And then the, the, the idea was, okay, let's scale that down. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, I mean that we worked on that for a few months, that uh, work uh, work out. Um, so from from that perspective, I'm 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 trying to think of um, well the the discussion now we're th talking about the team. I think it's um, you really need to have a good good mixture of people with first with same motivation probably or same direction but then also with different backgrounds and uh, you also essentially want a similar enough, but also different personalities. Um, and to get that in the beginning, yeah, you either have it or not, or, or don't have it. Uh, and there, we know so many ideas and startups that are created uh, maybe in a more um, artificial way uh, that well, wouldn't work out uh, and generally I, I would say do or maybe it's a question to you do you think that best startups are started by people organically uh, or uh, with people who know each other no i think the, they are they are different ways i mean to be honest the ones that i know the most are people that you know just kind of in a garage playing around but you also have some some guys very strong guys you know solo guys mm -hmm pushing alone and then at some point you know hire someone and then uh you know uh doing all this like a like all these processes around it um I, I think there are not too many like that but you have very strong mindset guys who actually go take all the hits himself or herself and they hire people you know fire people and try to find this 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 right amount of skills within within the needs that the company has um and I, I'm, I'm with you, Panchi. I think uh, you, you need the right amount of skill sets. You know, you need, uh, especially in the beginning, you know, you need, as, as Enrique said before, you need a business guy, then maybe you need a, a technical guy, depending on what, what, what you want to do. I do believe, though, that if you really want to do what you want to do and you're passionate enough, you will find these resources. Yeah. And you will and find All that got me thinking because yeah. you, you mentioned yourself, Manuel, in, uh, at some point earlier. It's like in the beginning, you did you basically everything. You're a one man band, one man show. So it's good. Uh, and you cannot do all of those activities as equally good. I mean, you will have certain skills um, uh, or experiences in certain areas. Yeah. So if you can have somebody that's yeah. complementary to that, then yeah, that's I guess yeah. much made in heaven. That's the perfect yeah, perfect combination. Yeah, and like I'm a kind of guy who likes to work with someone, you know, to rely on someone to do it in uh, someone to do it together. Yeah. Yeah. That gives me energy. That's what I want to do it. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree as well. It's like uh, it, it's it's always fun to have even heated discussions and then disagreements and then eventually like okay, let's go down this path if we agree or not. But it's definitely uh, for me gives a lot of energy to uh, well learning from somebody else as well, different skills and uh, and adjusting. But like one thing that I'm curious as well because mm -hmm. like. For example, why you, Rolf and Fanche, didn't create your own startup, right? Why is that so? Why is not everyone creating their own company? Well, that's uh, a that's a good question um, because, as most people, I guess, uh, that are you know maybe many people dream of having a startup, but at least like the guys that I know that are into programming and engineering, they all want to build something 
<clears throat> for themselves and then have people use it and fix solve a problem and you know hopefully start a company off of that so that is definitely something that i have also uh, you know have some ambitions for but i've never really found a problem that i say like okay i'm going to fix this problem and i am going to start a company that's going to specifically solve this like yeah i Sometimes I hear I heard some guy saying like, yeah, you know, I made a program that does a specific task. And then I'm like, damn, why did I think of that? So I, I think I've, I just haven't come across the right idea to, uh, to solve yet. So I don't know how it is for Panche, but that's at least my excuse. So my, <laughs> my, like for a long time, my motivation. So when I was still living in Macedonia back at the time, during my, my student years, I, in the summers, I did a couple of, um, internships, um, and during those internships, I was like, oh, I, I saw like the work ethics and the way people bring treated the, the companies that I went to work for and kind of thought, oh, man, this could be better. Like it really can be done differently. And, uh, my initial drive and motivation to maybe join Isaac through which I ended up coming to the Netherlands was basically, mm -hmm. basically that it was like, okay, I want to go, uh, and go on this journey outside of this place where I come from and then learn new things and maybe come back and bring those, those experiences. And whether that was a startup or not, I, I didn't even think that far. Um, so then when I came to the Netherlands, I worked with, um, uh, this company as a, well, for a couple of years as a intern and then as a developer, a Java developer. And then after two years, I went back to Macedonia and started a branch of this company with whole ideas. Oh, uh, basically just to, to bring back those experiences, maybe a different mentality, maybe a new way of working, uh, back into this, uh, area where I come from. And I think that was more my, my goal. It was, my point was, oh, I want to make people's lives better. And maybe I cannot change society as a, mm -hmm. as a whole or, uh, improve things on the grand scale, but at least those eight hours of, you know, that's what you have kind of power and control of. And that was kind of my motivation. Um, and I did that for a few years and I moved back to the Netherlands. And then I, I wanted like the idea was, like you said, oh, I wanted to have this, uh, my own company, like, right. And, uh, I, I was working uh, in parallel and then I thought, okay, I joined up in this idea. Okay. Let's work on this uh, startup, mm -hmm. but I didn't see the light, the light of day. I think we, we all got to the point where we found, uh, another startup in, uh, in Netherlands who was working on sort of prototype from these machines or could develop these machines for us. But the investment original investment was quite high that we were not really willing to put uh, that, much, that much in. And then we sort of pulled back up. Um, okay. Hence my question was, can you start a startup um, while you're still working then, or at which point do you com completely commit to it? Because uh, that is, it comes from my personal direct uh, experience. Okay. Yeah, so that's the question, right? Like, what what is it going to take for you two guys to fully commit to uh, to rodeo? Yeah, wow. I think we almost made the decision that uh, we're going to kill it. We are just okay. now. I think it's an interesting. Wow, for me, right? Like, when I had Gusset, the question was like, is it time to kill? You know, because mm -hmm. you can also there's quite some discussions around like is about persistence, right? And like, how long can you persist? But also, mm -hmm. you can persist for dedicate your whole life to it and get nowhere. Uh, and I think with Gusset, I came to the realization that I lost the energy and took me too long to learn the skills that I needed in order to make Gusset a success. Okay. Uh, we later realized that we are not in the travel industry, but like more on the productivity industry, like making people more productive would have been yeah. a much better uh, outcome. So in the end, I no longer, my co-founders no longer had the energy and the money because we all self-funded. We decided not to never go of like uh, investors and VCs and this kind of things. Mm -hmm. uh, and eventually I was like, okay, this is way too much energy. I no longer have it. If I knew what I know today and I started this like three years ago, definitely I think we could have made a much more progress. I wouldn't say like we have become successful, but definitely it would be a different story. Uh, and I apply a lot of these learnings with Manuel and Turo Diu, but it also came to the point that we made new mistakes, right? And those new mistakes yeah. makes me feel like, okay, my energy is kind of gone here too. I don't think 
this is the, the I don't have the idea is not passionate enough for me to continue, I think. And I think we had this discussion a few times. And maybe he's going to be on this podcast. We're going to kill Turo Dio. <laughs> well, you don't have to make the decision right here. I'm just asking, like, yeah, you know, what has to change for you guys to really go all in on this? But, uh, you know, there might not be an answer to that, I guess. I don't know. I'm curious. What yeah. is it, Manuel? Uh, yeah. No, I think, I think that, to be honest, there's no absolutes on this. I mean, why why to kill it? Mm -hmm. I mean, why not? Well, it could also be an why, answer. Why to kill to... it is to get space on your head, right? Like, you stop thinking about it. It's like cognitive load, right? There's always this thing in the background. Yeah, I yeah, know. From that perspective, I'm with you. But we could also say, you know, you put a standby for some mm -hmm. time, right? And then maybe wait for the moment uh, in the market or maybe some dynamics and maybe at some point you could, you know, refloat it. Uh, I mean, ultimately, to be honest, if if you're going to measure everything because of success or not, I think you are, I personally, I think is the wrong approach i think the approach is uh, you have to look at the journey because ultimately as you said before you could push 20 years for something yeah. and at the end you need to you know you know put the plug and then ultimately what happened with those 20 years of your life so if, if you think on always whether success or not in absolute that, that, that could be very yeah. painful so uh, i don't like to think like that you know i'm more like in the journey type uh, because oh at, at least i try to um, and also, we don't have to all try to make a company. I mean, it's really, uh, we need to contribute to, to, I think some people have other mm -hmm. passions, you know, and uh, not to create a company or, uh, you know, we don't have to all I do agree. that. I definitely um, agree with what you're saying. Yeah. I have another question here because uh, both of you, since you've did your original um, um, startups, uh, then since that time you your lives have changed quite a bit i guess you're both uh, parents in the meantime how has has your attitude towards startups and initiating new startups changed as a result of this you mean after we became fathers or yeah after we became parents yeah does that in any way influence your maybe your attitude um, towards maybe risk taking or uh, going all in or to initiate one doesn't per se, uh, let's say initiate, it's okay. Uh, go full in. I think it, I, I didn't have the option yet to do that, but it, I'm pretty sure it's going to impact. Mm. <laughs> I will consider 10 times before actually throwing the towel and say, okay, I'm fully committed to this startup to make it happen. Yeah. Manuel, you nodded a bit, but you didn't say anything. No, to be honest, this is a very nice question, Panche. I have um, I have different thoughts right now going through my mind. Um, the, the first one is, if I have to do it again, and if I believe in something, I, I will definitely do it. You know, uh, if there's a good opportunity there that I think is worth it. Uh, I do think that I want to spend more time with with the children. You know, I really I really need more time for that because that gives me a lot of energy, and I you know. They grow and they grow once, yeah. then you miss it. And I think the third, the third point is um, sometimes I have the feeling that I want to do something for them to look up, you know, and to inspire them in a way, you know, and to uh, for them when they have to make decisions, you know, that you did something that I don't know, maybe, maybe they, you know, they they can be a bit more bold in the decisions they make in the future, you know, because ultimately. Nothing will happen, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and is, is is that also uh, maybe a reason why you don't want to, like, necessarily kill a startup, uh, because you want your children to maybe not look at that and say like, oh, you know, daddy failed on that one. Might not, again. Might not be the most uh, fun <laughs> question for me to ask, but it's it's interesting at least to see. Like, yeah, do... no, I don't see it as a failure. To be honest, that's why I was saying it's not success uh -huh. or failure because you you reach some, some somewhere with a project or because you say okay I stop yeah. here. I think we shouldn't mention this like that because it's kind yeah. of sad, you know. And uh, I think to try out is really, to push for something is really what maybe you know uh, I want my 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 kids to uh, take to take away. Yeah. Ultimately, we will never know uh, yeah. what's the outcome, you know. But if you try out. No. But I like the way you um, said it's a journey, right? And you need for for your for your children, you want to be that model that um, says, "Hey, it's okay to take those journeys in life." Yeah, 
And I think this is a beautiful conclusion to the <laughs> whole startup journey. I don't know. Uh, yeah. If you guys have anything else to ask or to add to this, uh, to this podcast, but uh, I think we are uh, just about running out of time. I don't have the clock running here, but uh, I think we're hard capped on 60 minutes. So I'm not sure if you guys want to. Oh, we definitely up. have a lot of other questions, but we can always have a follow up, right? It depends if, uh, Definitely. how it goes because of, i'm pretty sure people has uh, let's say we definitely have experience about well we have different experience at least mono and mm -hmm. i joined different acceleration programs and how does that impact how does that make your startup or yourself grow uh, yep. but we can definitely jump in back and uh, talk deeper about the technicalities of how i think we can grow sure sounds good Looking forward to that. Maybe I'll have my own startup by then as well. So, then I can, uh... <laughs> well, in a way, your podcast, right? The oh, podcast yeah. is uh, is a startup, and you wrote a blog post about this, and it's going to be published. But uh, maybe yeah. you can explain that how yeah, you see yeah. it. Yeah, maybe. Cool. Uh, all right. So, Panja, do you have anything to uh, add? Uh, no, not for now. I think uh, in interest of time, let's wrap it up. Uh, I like uh, what he just mentioned. Uh, get more more insight how these accelerators work, but uh, we can do that for another yeah. time. Manuel, would you uh, would you agree with that? Would that be a cool subject for you to return on uh, one day? Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely. On my side, I really appreciate the invitation. Uh, had a good time, and hope to see you again. Yeah, me too, man. I had a blast. Thanks a lot for sharing your uh, your knowledge on on startups and. Uh, I learned a lot today, at least, and uh, yeah, hope to talk to you again soon. So for now, I'd uh, like to thank the listener. Uh, if you guys have any opinions or any experience with startups yourself, then you can always drop us a message on uh, podcast at forescouts.nl. Uh, we're also on Twitter on, at forescouts, and of course on the website forescouts.nl. Uh, thanks a lot for listening, and check you guys next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of ScoutCast, Roasting Marshmallows, with your host, Rolf Serg. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit 4scouts.nl and on Twitter at 4scouts. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on ScoutCast, Roasting Marshmallows.